Hello there, and welcome to the Router Networking Podcast brought to you by Hamilton Barnes. Here at Hamilton Barnes, we're a specialist recruitment consultancy in the technology space, covering everything from enterprise networking, telecoms, security, fiber, and more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Women in Tech spin-off series of the Route to Networking podcast. I'm Eve McKenna, social media executive here at Hamilton Barnes. Today, I'd like to introduce a very special guest, Ashley Burke. Ashley is the Information Security Program Manager at Wave HQ and is also the co-owner of Network It and part-time political science faculty member at Cape Brenton University. And we're very excited to hear more about her journey today. So welcome, Ashley. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so we like to start at the same place with all of our guests. Mm-hmm. We like to have a little bit of information about how did you get into your current career uh, as the information security program manager at Wave HQ? Sure, it was actually a bit of an adventure. Um, as you've seen, I was working as a professor and I also worked in like career exploration as a career expert. Working in that, I really enjoyed it, but there was something missing. Like, you know, in university, I was teaching ethics, I was teaching social sciences, social justice, it was a really interesting, a really interesting bunch of courses that I was teaching. And then I moved over to careers. And I'm starting to help more people in tech find jobs. So I'm doing tech resumes and, you know, going through these different skills that I liked. And I'm like, why don't I have these? So I remember writing on a sticky note on my computer, I will be a, I will be in cybersecurity. And I put it on my computer. And I constantly kept looking at it and went, yeah, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it someday. <laughs> and I started doing, you know, Udemy and Coursera classes, um, just little intros. And then I found an online conference and I told them I was a student. Technically, I was. I just wasn't a university student. So I went <laughs> to the conference and it was all about security, women. It was everything I loved. And I ended up meeting a mentor, Angie, who helped me navigate this path. After that, I did a web development bootcamp with an organization here in Nova Scotia called Digital Nova Scotia. They offer free bootcamps on different subjects, web development, cybersecurity, data analytics. I've done all of them really good and it's free. You just have to apply and meet criteria. It was dynamite. Um, But after that, I ended up contacting Angie again and being like, how do I navigate all of these skills that I have And that's when she's like, there's a job here. You should apply. I applied at Wave, got an interview, was hired the same day. Wow. Yeah. So I started as a risk analyst in the fintech space. And the next day I was borrowed by the security part of our organization to write technical, like technical documents. So I was doing risk analyst, writing security documents. And then I eventually just stayed with security. And I've been loving it ever since. Wow. Yeah, you know, it's fun to utilize your transferable skills. Yeah, that's um, that's the power of manifestation, you know, sticking the post-it note on the computer. You know, you knew one day that that was going to happen. It just just takes some time, I guess. It really did. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting that you bring up uh, the course sites like Udemy and Coursera. How mm-hmm. how important do you think those the access to free or very low cost accessible content has been for welcoming people into cybersecurity? 
Well, I think like this is strictly my opinion, but I think in cyber as well as tech, it's not always about going to university. It's showing how you can utilize your skills in the space and just getting a foundation under you. You know, um, I'm not a very technical person. Sure, I did a web development course and it turns out I really hated it. I'm not I know how to do it, but I'm not good at it. But I thrive in relationship building. I thrive in managing people. You know, like there's, I have a lot of really good skills that can be utilized in this field and I have been utilizing them, but having that bit of foundation under me, just so I can understand what is CIA? What are some of these security principles? How does risk and cybersecurity tie into each other? You know, what's the importance of compliance and ethics and security really helped me grow and sell myself more. Amazing. And so those courses alongside the free courses in Nova Scotia, was that your only kind of like formal training before stepping yeah. into the role? Oh, wow. yes. I have no formal training. <laughs> wow. That just goes to show, you know, if you're passionate about something, there's a way forward. It's not always, you know, like certifications or going to university. And I have to say, though, that part of I think and I know we were going to talk about challenges, but kind of part of that is that you always feel I don't know enough. Mm. I'm new in this industry. I don't know enough. And I really had to kick myself in the butt and be like, no, Ashley, you know, lots of things and you're smart and intelligent. You're a powerful, successful human. You, you know, you're you're a good person. You can do this. And so, you know, you don't always need to go to university. I don't want to tell people not to go if that's how you feel you're going to be most successful, do it. But it's not the say all end all of your career. Absolutely. Well, that brings us really nicely onto the next question. What were some of the biggest challenges you faced during your early career and how did you overcome those? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a great question. Um, first, it's not being technical. You know, people imagine cybersecurity as this hacker. I'm going to hack things and I'm not that person. You know, I can set up, I don't know, I can set up Wi-Fi. I can probably build a website. <laughs> I understand it. You can talk to me about it and I can follow what you're talking about in security. No problem, but I can't initiate it. And so self-doubt mm. and imposter syndrome was huge for me. You know, I always envision myself to have loads of confidence and I do I have enough confidence for a whole football field I know it but it's more so new to the environment trying to utilize skills in a different way trying to showcase hey I'm worth hiring I have all these abilities this is why you need it and that became a little bit of a challenge but you know I I feel working in careers actually really worked in my favor because I was able to utilize my academia for technical writing. I was able to look at networking. How do you network and form relationships? And how do you do informational interviews, right? How do I learn from people in the field to know where my skills could fit? And so I did all of this and it turns out my skills were super useful, much more useful than what I fully envisioned at first. And now I'm here. Amazing. It's interesting that you separate confidence and imposter syndrome, because I think that's something that often gets put together. People, mm -hmm. you know, say they struggle with imposter syndrome and you immediately expect that they might be low confidence or unsure of themselves. But I think mm -hmm. a lot of times it's it is two separate issues. 
I think that's a very good point as well. Imposter syndrome, you know, a lot of people suffer from it. And mm -hmm. it's just a matter of realizing that you're capable and can do it. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Imposter syndrome can be pretty immobilizing, I think. Oh, absolutely. And I think women more than men do struggle with imposter syndrome, especially in careers that are heavily male domino dominated. It's mm -hmm. it's harder to look at those spaces and to see a role model or a positive influence or someone that looks like you in those spaces and feel obviously if you see someone that looks like you you're going to feel like you can do it like you've got the right skills but you know faced with a room full of men it's it's going to feel very different was oh, yeah. would you say that how was that how it came for you oh my goodness my whole life has been that now <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm lying it's been me never seeing myself in yes. anywhere that i've been you know mm -hmm. or and then when you don't see yourself and i think that was such a great way to put that you know, is when you don't see yourself where you're going, it's hard to envision the path to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And sure. that's it where it's very rewarding now because there's more women speaking out about their issues. I have tons of mentors. One is male, the rest are women, <laughs> you know, and I mean, and the male who I have as my mentor is very, very feminist. Like he's stunning, which is wonderful to see. It's just, I think you're right. If you can't even see yourself there, it's hard to envision yourself. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, well, that's actually our next question. Uh, were there any mentors or role models who played a significant role in shaping your career and how did they impact you? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I've been super lucky with the mentors I've gotten. I've gotten one, um, Angie who works at WAVE and now we're friends. Like our mentorship has developed into friendship and I am beyond grateful for how much they've helped me, how much they lift me up. Mm. As a friend and a colleague, they've consistently lifted me up. For anything I have, I trust them completely and they've helped me start my career, right? Then um, I have Carla. Carla, I actually, Carla put on Twitter that they were taking in mentees. <laughs> and I was like, take me, take me, take me, take me. <laughs> Wait, man. <laughs> and Carla did. Um, and that's been wonderful. I can message Carla in a second and Carla will make time for me, you know. And then I have Carrick, who Carrick actually was head of security at Wave before he left. And he just took me under his wing. He was like, Ashley, you have an energy that I've never seen before. I want you to succeed. You're going to succeed. And now I have monthly meetings with him. And it's literally, how can I help you? Ashley, remember, you're really great. You're important. You can do this. You have a beautiful energy. You're successful. And it's just these little pep talks. And now, because I've had such great experiences, I now have mentees. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, I like to put this out there. If anyone has any troubles or they want to explore mentorship, hit me up on LinkedIn. If I can help you, I will. Perfect. How how has it been to be on the other side of that? Because I imagine making that switch from a mentee to a mentor, must yeah. uh, it must put, a thing, put things in a different perspective, I imagine. It does because there's, my generation had different perspectives and different concerns than the generation below me. So I'm learning more about the challenges they're facing as women in technical fields. I'm learning more about their kind of work, their work style, how do they want to succeed, what are their goals? 
But ultimately, also, this is why I think it's the coolest, is go-getters. My mentees are go-getters. Oh, like, wow. Go reach out to so-and-so, ask them for an information interview. They do it the same day. Like, just amazing. I'm very impressed. Oh, wow. It sounds like you, um, you've been very lucky, both on the mentor side, but also on the mentor t-ship sides um to have really good people around you which I think sometimes is half the battle I think you're correct and sometimes it might look like the good people around you are criticizing you but they're not if you get surrounded by people who care for you and want you to succeed any words that they say to you is to help you take it and go you know Mm. it's I'm I've been told multiple times no Ashley that's not the best way to challenge that oh okay how do I do that? Let's walk through it. You know, it's taking all that knowledge that they have and utilizing it in a way that works for you. Did you ever find that a struggle taking on feedback and like potentially taking it personally or, you know, maybe you get defensive? I know sometimes I get feedback and my first response is to be like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> slow down there. But, you know, oftentimes people are really trying to help you because they're seeing things from a different point of view. Do you, do you think that that's an issue that comes up, you know, for people who are in mentorship or for you? For me, no. But I think it's because I I like love feedback, <laughs> love it, but I love constructive feedback. I think what you're talking about is when people word things in ways that doesn't logically make sense and comes across as a personal attack without explaining it, that's a them problem. They need to work on their communication. <laughs> but it's music to my ears. <laughs> right, yeah. Constructive feedback, awesome. Tell me what I need to do to be better. And I'll work my butt off to get there. But I, yeah, I think to your point, there's a form of communication that has to come there. Right. Yeah, 100%. Amazing. Well, moving on to the present day, um, in your current role, uh, what would you say is the most exciting aspect of it? Mm. So my current role, I'm doing a lot of different things. Um, For me, the most exciting part is building all these relationships with outside stakeholders as well as colleagues. Oh, I am loving it. Talking about security, meeting like-minded individuals, building vulnerability programs to phishing simulations. Working in a collaborative environment is where I thrive. I am an idea person. I love throwing ideas and solving problems. And the fact that I get to do that every day makes me beyond excited. Wow. So do you work with a big group of people? Would you say Uh, a new team? My team is actually relatively small, but, you know, it's not that I just work with that team. I'm also working with colleagues outside of my department. Um, My company is owned by H&R Block, and I work with H&R Block's InfoSec team as well. So that's working, you know, with so many different people doing different things to threat intelligence, to phishing simulations, to vulnerability management, you know, it's it's everything to working on secure coding guidelines, talking to engineers to, you know, talking to someone who just wants to learn more about how they enter the field. You know, it's all very exciting. So that's why I'm enjoying it, because it's not just the same thing. I am building relationships with people who I think are relevant and very important to the growth mm-hmm. of my company and to the growth of security. Perfect. You sound like such a social butterfly thriving. <laughs> Until I get exhausted and fall asleep on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) 
There's only so much you can do. You got it. <laughs> Moving on to a more kind of personal look at your career, how how would you say you balance the balance like your work life balance is? How do you balance prof- professional life with personal commitments or interests that you have outside of work? I think that's really important because some people tend to overwork and that's a problem. To yeah. me, both are equally important, but if you don't take care of your wellness, then I don't think you can effectively work. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm very, like, I have a lot of pets. Okay, I have two dogs and three cats. Oh. Um, yeah, and they are, like, they are how I de-stress. So, you know, I ensure, A, that every day I'm having lunch with my husband. We both work from home, so we should have a lunch. We take our oh. dogs out. I make time to play with my cats. You know, it's a matter of ensuring that the things that help me and my well-being mm-hmm. are involved in my workday. Because if they're not, and I'm strictly just focused 24-7 to a screen, I'm going to lose focus. I'm not going to be able to successfully give you the results that you want. I'm also the kind of person that needs to walk away and think about things. Mm-hmm. And as I'm having... You know, as I'm having lunch with my husband, something might just pop into my head and go, oh, that's a solution. Yeah. <laughs> right. So to ensure that I'm doing that, I make sure it's scheduled in. Like I have breaks scheduled in my day specifically for my for my personal life, for my well-being. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone should try to do it if they can. Yeah, absolutely. I am curious about what kind of dogs you have. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <with> our dogs. <laughs> so I had a greyhound. Unfortunately, he passed away in May. Which oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sad. He was perfect. He was just perfect. His name was Cash. Then I have a rescue from Texas. He's a lab slash blackmouth cur. He looks kind of. He really just looks like a pity lab. That's what he looks like. And he's sensitive and his heart is on his sleeve. (laughs) And then we just rescued, they're all rescues. And then we rescued, um, okay, she's a complete mutt, but we think she is Lab Husky St. Bernard. Oh, wow. She's six and a half months and weighs 60 pounds. (laughs) She's a big girl. I love her. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, she's very big. That's gonna be one crazy talk. <laughs> but she's so happy. It's I've never oh. seen a dog happier. Constantly smiling, zoomies every day. Like it's wonderful. I love dogs. That's the best feeling. We've got a re- I've got a rescue greyhound in my parents' house. Really? Yeah, he's called Larry, and he is the best. Like he's the light of my life. He's the weirdest dog I've ever known. He's so weird. So odd. Like the weird little leans that they do. They lean into you. They lean. Oh, they lean away from you when you're trying to pet them, yeah. <laughs> which is really annoying. <laughs> and they do the chatter when they're excited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're a really odd breed of dog, but um. Great, I feel like they're so lovable. This, this, you know, unless you've had one, you don't get it. But they're just odd oh, little creatures. They're a, like they're such a couch potato. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really miss Cash. Cash was our first dog, and he did uh, the 170 races in Florida and was retired. Oh wow! Yep. So we took him, and wow, he changed our life for the best. We've did so many walks, so many memories. He was 
a great first dog. I think everyone should get a greyhound. That's it. I agree. I agree. There's plenty of them. Just go rescue one. Save one. <laughs> I'm curious um, about because you feel I feels like you you know you know what you need to do well at work you you've yeah. got that balance down of like okay I need this this and this to perform at my best but mm-hmm. is that something that you've picked up along the years and kind of fleshed out or would you say that it just came naturally to you I'd say both if I had to be honest yeah but you know, I've had some great bosses, some bad bosses in my years of working and every every experience I have, whether good or bad, I'm taking a learning experience from it. Mm. So recognizing that, hey, maybe I wasn't, you know, maybe I wasn't doing these steps to be successful and that manager didn't know how to communicate to me to, oh, here's all the good stuff I really did in this person. Maybe my colleague or manager said, hey, this is how you've done that and it worked really well. So. I'm kind of looking at all of my experiences as life lessons to ensure that I keep my confidence up and I know what I need to do my job and do my job well. And some days I'm a human, like I am a human. I am not perfect. I have down days. Sometimes my work isn't as good as it could be. And I think that's okay because ultimately we're just people. Yeah, absolutely. We're all, all do, you know, we all have faults. And I think that way of looking at things is a, is a life lesson instead of, you know, you know, categorizing things as good or bad. I think yeah. that is such a powerful technique to kind of like neutralize things that happen in your life because it is all just a learning experience for sure. Yep, it is. Absolutely. Um, which kind of affects how I ask this question. So as we mentioned earlier, uh, cybersecurity and tech in general is a very male dominated industry. It has been for a long time. Um, As you mentioned, people are beginning to kind of break out of that. I think we're definitely seeing a rise in the amount of women that are hired into cybersecurity, especially. Um, I think people are noticing that there's a lot of a lot of a lot of traits that women have that work really well in these environments. Um, but as a woman in the industry, how do you feel like this has affected your experience? Do you think you've been stereotyped in any way for being a female? So yes, I think it has influenced me. Um, and it's not I don't want to say just the security, it's been throughout my entire career, right? But ultimately, looking at some security examples, and I have some, I had to think really hard about this question, because I don't want to generalize that every woman who enters security is going to have negative experiences, because I think I've had more positive than I've had negative, you know, and it's because I've had wonderful support structures around me and recognize that I can achieve things, I can do it, Mm. but it's also your environment, right? But Mm. I do have a few stories about it that you may enjoy. Um, So I was actually a guest speaker presenting on being a woman in security and it was an online presentation and an attendee took over my Zoom call and drew penises all over it and profanities and um, sexual sexual things. They wrote sexual things about what they, you know, what they would do to me or what they would do to a woman. And that was my first ever presentation on being a woman in security. Oh, my God. Yes, that was my first ever. And I ended up taking it 
And luckily, you know, the person running it was a gem. They were so apologetic, but it wasn't their fault. Things like this happen, you know, it's uh -huh. a virtual environment and I uh -huh. love them very much. They're a beautiful human. Um, but I turned it and I said, do you see what I mean? Would this have happened to a male? It wouldn't. No, I don't think it would either. And so, yeah, they drew penises, wrote like really dis like very disgusting verbiage on, you know, it was just really tacky. Oh. And the first thing I wanted to say, but I didn't, and I regret it, is I should have said, could you draw it correctly? <laughs> it felt like their drawing was just poor. <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it right. Do it better. <laughs> yeah. You're failing at this. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't. I kept it as professional as I could, but that was my first experience. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, I went to a security conference. And you know how you and I were just talking about you don't see yourself, so it's hard to envision yourself? 90% of the presenters were males. Mm -hmm. And most of them were white men. To me, that was a huge problem. I even reached out to the director of it and said, you should let me help you plan it. Like, mm -hmm. Let me help. And they're like, yeah, we'll reach out to you someday. Never did. Mm. You know, and to me, how are you supposed to diversify a field if I'm going to a conference and I'm just hearing from people who've had no experiences that are similar to mine? Mm -hmm. You can't envision yourself in the field if I don't see it. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's when that happened. I was like, I want to ensure that my face is everywhere. I want to ensure that more women are seeing women in this field and you can come or you know another one I was the only woman in a meeting <laughs> I laugh at this one I think this might be the funniest <laughs> <laughs> I was the only woman in a meeting and they were talking about why it's important to get women into security but they didn't ask me <laughs> like, I called them out and like hi hey. I know Another thing that I think I do want to mention, and this is societally taboo, but I think it's stupid, is, you know, for someone as myself who menstruates, who has a period, and my period is associated with endometriosis, so it's quite bad. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to talk about that in a male-dominated industry when your period can influence you physically, mentally. It drains you. You have trouble mm -hmm. focusing. My pain levels when I'm on, when I'm menstruating, are beyond this world where I can't even exist. Yeah. And it's, it feels awkward and uncomfortable to have those discussions in a male dominated yeah. industry when maybe they don't understand or can't relate to just how bad it is. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's they're so just some examples, but yeah, absolutely. But I'm still going to get, I'm still going to keep going. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> you know, a hundred percent. You're doing it. You know, you're setting a really good example and a role model for, you know, generations to come for people all over who are looking to get into the industry. And I think what you said is so accurate. You know, it's very taboo to bring it up, but it's something that affects half of the population every single, you know, 12 times a year, you know, it's maybe like maybe more. Very natural. <laughs> but it's a, you know, it's a natural process that affects half the population which the other half of the population don't understand and also can't relate to <laughs> yeah, 
so yeah, if if I was king for a day, I'd give all men a period, but um, <laughs> it's not up to me. So, <laughs> but that makes it so awkward to have those discussions. Hi, mm -hmm. I'm having trouble focusing because my ovary is like level ten pain. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, it's there's just a societal thing that makes it hard for women to talk. Not women in general, I think, to talk about their health concerns. And yeah. that could be a variety of health concerns, whatever it is for them. Exactly. Um, for me, uh, you know, as someone who has a period, absolutely, it's talking about that. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. I think we still have a long way to go um, in that area, but hopefully we'll start to see some improvements soon. I have seen uh, videos go around. You must have seen them on the Internet where they put like a pain simulator on guys. Yeah. and they can't get past like three or four and like the top level is 10 and I think you know things like that really just help to put it in perspective sometimes of, of how difficult it can be for a lot of women you know people with endometriosis or you know polycystic ovary syndrome those can be yeah. very difficult health concerns to struggle with on a cyclical basis um, that they don't feel comfortable sharing and you know, I think I think it could only benefit a company, a workforce, a team, a culture by having more spaces for that to, to be acceptable to talk about. Oh, 100 percent. Even I think it might be good for because I'm finding I don't know about you, but I'm finding a lot of management are males in this field. Mm. And I think, you know, OK, actually, I'll share this quick story. Um, it was a friend of mine in the field. Uh, she had a miscarriage. And she told her manager and her manager, of course, was like, do whatever you need, blah, blah, it's fine. Um, then, you know, a while down the road, his wife had a miscarriage and he went to the friend and apologized. I'm so sorry. I don't feel I was empathetic enough. What you went through is serious and it hurt. And that's that was distraught for you. And I don't feel I treated you well enough with it. So it took oh. him to have that experience to live up to the behavior. And I just feel maybe some training, maybe in management training, bringing up stuff like this. You have a diverse workforce. Mm -hmm. Different things, talk about it more. Let's make a more comfortable environment to have these discussions mm -hmm. or have more women in management. Perfect. That sounds like the plan to me. <laughs> it's an easy win. <laughs> Enjoying the conversation so far? Interested in following a similar career path? Why don't you take a look at our jobs page where you'll find your next opportunity. Head to www.hamilton-barnes.com forward slash jobs. Um, Okay, so we've done the past and the present. Now let's let's take a look at what you're hoping to do in the future. Okay, yeah. so um, do you have any advice, especially women? I know we've touched on this a few times, but people, women who are trying to achieve career growth and success in the field. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's first keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, you're gonna, you might reach obstacles, but you just keep going because you're worth it. And I, I really need to say this to every single woman in the field, thinking about going in the field, you are worth it. You have a different perspective that is uniquely yours. And I want you to share it. I want you to speak up in meetings. I want you to have your opinions because they're important. 
I also want to advise women to keep an open channel of communication. Talk about salary. Keep salary. Have those discussions. Talk about your vacation, your time off. Talk about health. Talk about periods. Do it. Please talk about periods. Okay. <laughs> talk about talk about whatever is important to you as a human, as a woman. Yeah. Right? Whether, you know, even it I, I guess it is what is important to you might be different than what's important to me, but I want to hear it. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and then mentors, get mentors, but also mentor each other. And I think that I've said it before to anyone who's having trouble or feels that they want perspective, send me a LinkedIn message because I my goal here forever, and, and this is my life, is I want to create a helpful, kind, and supportive community where women can talk to each other about our feelings, talk to us about our challenges and our successes. And I, I'd like to end that advising women to bloat more. Talk about what you've achieved. Because if you don't talk about it, how am I supposed to know about it? You know, women, I, we don't talk enough. <laughs> and like, oh you talk too much but we don't you talk more. <laughs> we can we can talk more <laughs> you talk more when you talk about our successes and show that we're the we're the right fit for this and we all mm-hmm. know we are <laughs> so prove the haters wrong absolutely yeah amazing yeah i think um I think it's a very empowering standpoint, uh, your your point of view, and it's it's definitely resonating with me as a woman who's not even in cybersecurity. <laughs> um, so I definitely think that's going to be, you know, really beneficial advice for a lot of young people to hear. For sure. Yeah, it's a matter of what what they need to do to be successful. Do it, but remember that you're important. Perfect. Okay, um, can you share any exciting future projects or opportunities that you're looking forward to? Yeah, I can. So I'm actually helping grow our vulnerability management program. Um, I don't know anything about vulnerability management. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty honest, but I'm excited to learn about it. Plus, I'm really good at relationship building, and I feel part of that is building relationships. So I'm going to excel at it. Uh, I'm also helping grow our security awareness program. Uh, you know, that's phishing simulations, that's doing some more, look, this is what PII is. This is, you know, awareness of a phishing scheme of how someone might uh, utilize you for ransomware, you know, different things like that. I'm having a lot of fun with that. (laughs) What I'm super excited for is I'm presenting at a conference in October. Uh, I'm being on the women panel and it's H&R Block's conference called Blockonic Security Conference out of Kansas City. And it's free. So people can go for free if they're in the area. They want to go there. You want to travel. You can go for free. And it's oh. so much fun. I'm so excited to sit with my colleagues who are also super successful women. They're like so smart, beautiful people. I'm excited to sit next to them and talk about this. Wow, that sounds incredibly exciting. Do you know what kind of, um, I guess you're as a panel, people are going to be asking you questions? Will it be kind of, do you know what area it might be around? I don't know what area. I think they're in that kind of that development stage, but I know it's going to be about our experiences, challenges. It's going to be what projects are we working on? And I'm honestly just excited to get up there and talk about being a woman in security. 
I think it's going to be awesome. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like there's going to be, you know, a lot of people in the audience who don't know it yet, but they're about to hear from someone really great with a lot of great points of view. So that's really, really exciting. I really um, appreciate you saying that. That's so nice of you. <laughs> um, would it be your first panel? Or yes. Yeah, it's my, first, my first ever in-person conference where I'm talking about security. Wow. Are you nervous? No, not even. I'm way too excited. Oh. <laughs> I, I was more nervous for this, to be honest. No way. Yeah, I was so That's nervous. That's crazy. <laughs> Why do you think that is? I think that, and this is what I actually really enjoyed about all of this so far, is the questions you're asking are very deep and very meaningful. And mm. I want to ensure that when I answer them, I'm answering them with thoughtfulness of who I'm representing when I answer, you know? So this is why I was very excited to do this podcast is your questions are just, they're rewarding. I guess it's the wrong, they're rewarding. Oh, that's really sweet to hear because I write the scripts and sometimes I do. I find it challenging sometimes to ask like the right questions to match the person's experience. And it's something that I spend a lot of time thinking about. Um, so I really appreciate you saying that. No problem. You did fantastic at this. Thank you. Um, yeah, that really means a lot. This is actually the final question of the future section, and then we'll move on to the quickfire round. So um, just to round everything off, um, would you? is there anything else you'd like to achieve in, in your career that you haven't had the opportunity to explore quite yet? Yeah, no, there are other, I always want to achieve things. I am, I, my father explains, my father defines me or explains to people that I am the go-getter of the family. I, if I want something, I'm going to get it and I won't stop till it's mine. <laughs> and I know that sounds kind of bad, but it's not, you know, I work really hard to reach my goals. Um, and sometimes I think being a woman, I have to work extra hard. You know, Absolutely. I'd like to present more. That would be my first thing. I want to present more in this space. I want to inspire more women to enter this field. And I want to do that through my experiences, through inspirational talk, through letting them understand that you do not have to be a hacker to enter this space and your skills are valuable. Um, I'd also someday like to maybe lead a security team. That might be in my future. I don't know, but it's something I'd like to try. Mm -hmm. You know? help people engage and find them best, like their best selves. It just sounds awesome. But I think for me, a major thing I want to achieve, and I, I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but I probably, I will. <laughs> It'll happen. <laughs> is I want to do women-based security training that incorporates more soft skills mm. um, and confidence building. So looking at imposter syndrome, looking at what you talked about, confidence and imposter syndrome, in my opinion, and what you've said are two different things. Mm. So let's tackle them. Not just, okay, you're going to learn Python. You're going to learn how to use this tool. No, I want a well-rounded security training that will inspire women to go rock an interview, not be scared to apply for those jobs and use their transferable skills, their soft skills to get out there. Because this is my perspective, but I can teach you technical skills, but I can't teach you soft skills. Mm. I can't always teach you patience as much as you can be taught Python, <laughs> you know? Um, and so doing that 
I guess my goal would be to see more people like me in this space. Absolutely. That's a really interesting perspective. Women focused training, tech training. What would you say is like top of the list, number one soft skill that you think most women could benefit from? Oh, communication. So mm. You and I have literally just had this entire podcast where we have complimented each other. We have been open in our periods. We've talked about periods. We've <laughs> talked about salary. You and I, and I don't even know you, we have been open to each other with communication and transparent, mm-hmm. which is stunning. Like, it's stunning. I could sit down with you. You and I could go have a beer, and I feel we could have a very valuable conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And we have this ability to do that, to put rooms at ease, to talk, and mm. that's not everybody's skill and that's okay because we all have different skills and not every woman is going to have this that's also okay but Mm -hmm. I think communication I think our ability to listen and problem solve because women problem solve different than men Mm -hmm. we do it completely different and I don't think people fully comprehend just how different it is you know I know for me when I look at something I see a web of relations this relates to the, you know so a relates to b but b relates to d d relates to f so mm-hmm. if i do a correctly that means f could be influenced mm. and so it's a web of how i problem solve and i look at it as a very big picture which i think helps yeah i would say the big picture thinking is something yeah. that it's um I would say it's my default to look at the big picture and I find it harder to focus on the smaller, finer details sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, But would you say that's more of like an innate quality than it is to be something that's learned? Do you think that we pick that up or do you think just naturally as women, we're more used to seeing the kind of the connections between different things? I think naturally it's just part Mm. of us. I mean, I don't have children. I'm not going to lie. I don't really like children. (laughs) I'm going to own that (laughs) because as a woman I don't have to Mm -hmm. you know and I feel that's also a stereotype that's placed on women you're going to have children you have a uterus so that should have you should have a child it's like no I've had so many people touch my stomach and ask me if I was pregnant I've had one guy in a store ask me where's your baby didn't ask my husband Oh, I told that guy off. Anyway, <laughs> another story. But anyway, the whole thing <laughs> is that as a, you know, I think as a woman, we just know that A could represent or can influence B. And I think a lot of moms, so I'm not one, so I can't speak from experience, but even mm-hmm. motherhood, right? You know, if I have to feed this person, well, this can influence this timing or, you know, so-and-so has to be at school for this well, then I have to ensure I get all of this done to make sure that happens. Like everything mm-hmm. is interconnected because mm-hmm. one thing could influence another. So I kind of feel that we're natural planners. Oh, absolutely. And we're good at it. I don't want, sure. And I don't want to generalize, right? I do think that's very important. And I want to recognize that we're all different. But as a trait, you know, I know personally myself, I'm very good at planning. And I think this comes naturally. I would definitely agree. Um, okay, fantastic. Well, just moving on to the quick fire round. Um, can you recommend our audience 
a TV, some TV or a movie or potentially a game um, that you enjoy and why would you recommend it? Sure. Okay. I'm going to do TV and a game. First TV is Schitt's Creek. Hmm? <laughs> Have you watched it? Yeah. yeah. David is the best. <laughs> it's really good. That's a funny show. So funny. And it's so heartwarming. I think that's why <laughs> I would recommend it because it's comedic but it has a lot of diversity in it. It looks at a lot of different problems, but it's still so, I don't know, it just fills your heart with warmth. Like the marriage scene makes my heart melt. (laughs) (laughs) And I think for a game, because I am a big gamer and I love, I love games is Zelda. So Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom have been so much fun to like mindlessly explore and not have to do a lot of thinking, piles of fun. (laughs) <laughs> that's why i re- watch reality tv which is what's your go-to for your reality tv oh i i do not discriminate i like it all the the more cheesy the more i like it um yeah we uh, got a particular affinity to like relationship reality shows so there's a show on netflix called the ultimatum i don't know if you've seen it i've heard of that one <laughs> Oh my god! I don't know why anyone would put themselves on that show, but it is entertaining. I will give them that. First dates, like first dates hotel. Yeah. <laughs> so much. Oh, it's so wholesome. It I love that show. Or the doghouse. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen the doghouse? It's on Channel Four. I love okay. it. I love UK TV. So, yeah, Channel Four, and it's all about people adopting dogs oh right <laughs> of my street our souls <laughs> I love it okay I'm gonna watch that tonight <laughs> tell me how you like it yeah for sure um do you have a morning routine yeah my morning routine literally is ensuring all my animals are out and fed <laughs> perfect yeah. <laughs> I have one who is my cat's diabetic so he has to get insulin so that's now been incorporated Oh, but it's never <laughs> children you've got many little fairy children to take care of little nuggets oh a cat with insulin do you have to inject it i do yeah twice a day he gets insulin oh poor thing i know but he's doing much better so that's good i'm glad to hear it thank you um how do you define success I actually had to think really hard about this because I never, I don't know if I've ever really defined it, but the more I thought about it personally, this is just me. I define success as achieving goals. So like I'm an avid gardener and I planted some giant dill pumpkins like last year or the year before they got to a hundred pounds. Yeah. So impressed. And for me, that was a success. But also, I feel that you inviting me here is a success. Do you know? So I think success is all on how you view it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. As cheesy as that sounds. Cheesy but true. Yeah. Um, What career did you dream of being when you were younger? A volcanologist. (laughs) What's that? Like the study of volcanoes, I just, I don't know if it's called a volcanologist or not, but I, don't know, I, 
loved volcanoes <laughs> when I was a kid. And you know, oh, I cool. awesome. So yeah, I definitely would want to study volcanoes when I was a child. Oh, that's so interesting. Do you have like volcanoes around you or something? No. Like where did that come from? I, it was when I was in grade four and I had to do a project in it like for history or like natural history or something. And I decided to do a volcano in Hawaii and my whole PowerPoint was just volcanoes. Like it was just pictures of volcanoes. <laughs> and I started like researching and for years I loved it. But I really do love Nova Scotia and I love my province and there's no volcanoes here. So I'm like, okay, not gonna do that. <laughs> have you have ever had the chance to like visit a volcano? I haven't, surprisingly oh. enough. But I will. It's on the it's on the to do. It's just you know, everywhere that I possibly could go for that has been burnt. Climate change has been doing quite the the number. Yeah, yeah not particularly a safe place to be at the minute. You know, volcanoes going up left, right, and center. Um, unfortunately, yeah. One for the bucket list. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Someday, fingers crossed. <laughs> Sure. Uh, the final question would be, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? So I don't remember who said this to me or if anyone ever said it to me. I just know that I live by it and it's don't sweat the small stuff. Don't Very sweat nice. it. Yeah. Just keep trugging along. Don't sweat it because you know what? In the big picture, it doesn't really matter. Absolutely. That's great advice for anyone listening. Um, I definitely take that on board. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Ashley. Before we go, um, would, is there anywhere you can point the listeners if they wanted to get in contact with you? I know you mentioned mentorship. Where would be a good place to find you? And also, uh, what's next for you? What's coming up? Um, what can we? When can we expect to see you next? So that I don't know. We'll see where <laughs> that goes. Um, there's nothing besides that conference right now. There's nothing in the pipeline to bring me to more podcasts, but that doesn't mean it won't happen. And I really hope it does. You know, I really enjoy doing these. Um, but for getting in contact with me, 100% it's LinkedIn. You're going to look up Ashley Burke and it's going to have B-A-C-S-M-E-S next to it. So Bax M-E-S, that would be my degrees. Um, send me a message, but when you add me, can you just put a little blurb, please? of who you are, where you heard about me, what you'd like, um, just because sometimes I won't accept everybody. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. A lot of random requests coming through and you're like, <laughs> what do they want? <laughs> this person trying to sell me something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Ashley. You've been wonderful. I feel like this is um, filled with a lot of advice for people, you know, at any point in their career, but especially young women, especially women who are looking to break into the field. Um, there's, you know, you're a great role model for a lot of women, and I think you should be very proud of yourself. So thank you so much for all your answers and for your time. Really appreciate it. And thank you for having me. Uh, it meant so much that you reached out. I, I very much appreciated it. And I look forward to keeping in contact and maybe see you when I go to London. And I want to thank you for listening to today's episode. Whether you're looking for the next big opportunity or looking for